Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Hello, and welcome to episode 231 of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. We're here today with Lizalot Blixt. Danish Member of Parliament representing the suburbs of Copenhagen, Denmark. She is a chairwoman of the Health and Elderly Committee and a deputy mayor of Grave, Denmark. She's a former city council member from Grave and also is a former taxi driver, furrier, and health care assistant. Liz Lott, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Yo, nice, and uh, nice to meet you and to be with you in this program. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So, the first question I'd like to pose to you, what are you currently doing or what have you ever done to advance the public interest and why? Oh, it's a big question. Um, I can tell the the start of it. Um, I was uh, working with elderly uh, people and and health when I think, oh, it's going the wrong way. So uh, that's why I think uh, then I was going into politics. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have to uh, see um, if the public uh, 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 doesn't mean the same as I do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's um, necessary to, to listen what the people say. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, nicely it was... Um, uh, so let's talk about healthcare for a minute, because that is something that's very important to you, being the chairwoman of the health committee and also being a former provider. Mm. Um, now, Denmark has universal health insurance coverage, correct? Mm. Yes. So you said that healthcare was going in the wrong direction, and that somewhat inspired you to originally get involved uh, mm. in the Danish People's Party at the age of 34. Mm. Um, two years later, you ran successfully for elected office. What is it you were trying to change with the healthcare delivery system in Denmark? Um, we see a lot of people uh, falling between two chairs. Uh, we have a lot of focus on cancer, mm-hmm. and it's okay, mm-hmm. and heart uh, trouble, but uh, many other diseases, um, they don't have the same focus right. from politicians, from doctors, from yeah, from people who have to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And we also see when you live on the um, uh, province in a... In a rural area. Side, yeah, in a long way from hospital, then um, you can't get the same help. Uh-huh. Uh, we can't get doctors. And so I really mean that if you're a Danish citizen, you need the same um, health program. Regardless of your location and your disease. what your religion, mm-hmm. your um, work, mm-hmm. or where you live. Right. So, okay, so you've been in elected office for some time. Um, what, if, what sort of changes have you been able to initiate? Is there, for instance, uh, increased access to medical care in rural areas through telemedicine? Or is there a better emphasis on chronic disease, population health management? None of things. <laughs> I, I don't think we have uh, time to it. But the first thing I did, I wa- had uh, been working on the hospital with uh, people who get a stroke mm-hmm. in the brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw that we treat the people different where they live or what age they had. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first thing I did here in um, uh, Christiansborg in the parliament... I did um, made a bill, um, so I got to the chamber, mm-hmm. and uh, then I got the opposition, where we, we get the majority. Yeah. So I pressed the government to make a plan for people with um, brain damage. 
You mean a, a living will, for instance, a plan that they make before they get brain damage? No, uh, not that, but that we treat them uh, eagerly in the hospital mm -hmm. and in the community where they get rehabilitation so they can have a good life mm -hmm. uh, with the same treatment. And this bill passed and is now yes. law. Yeah, and that's not, it's now uh, yeah, nearly 10 years ago, and uh, now I will have a, a new uh, law on this area. Mm -hmm. But also, yeah, the latest new I have uh, done is that uh, when you're suffering, when you are, um, had a, um, a health problem where you can die mm -hmm. of, it can be cancer, it can be um, um, ALS, mm -hmm. uh, something else, then uh, some people are uh, afraid to die. Afraid uh, to die? Afraid to die, yes. Many people say we, we will have euthanasia so we can uh, get a... Is euthanasia legalized in Denmark? Like, no, but people say they won't. But I say we have a health law who can say you can say no to get um, life-giving You can help. refuse life-saving yes. treatment. And then you can get some um, medicine mm -hmm. so you can get asleep. And now the minister say she's coming with a law here after the summer. So it's the first thing I did was the stroke. And the latest is that now we get a law so you can... Uh, Uh, pass away easier. Is Denmark today. moving closer down the road towards legalizing euthanasia? No, we will not legalize that. We have been the health uh, committee have been in um, in the Netherlands mm -hmm. and uh, hear how it works. Mm -hmm. But we can see a effect that more and more people get uh, euthanasia in the, the Netherlands. I think it's 2,500 now. Are you seeing medical tourism, meaning Danes leaving Denmark for other places? Some, some Danish people go to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but now we have to say to them, hey, we can help you if you have um, a respirator mm -hmm. or something who will help you living. Mm -hmm. You can say no, we mm -hmm. can take it away, but give you the medicine so you can sleep and then we can put this uh, mechanic away. Or if you have... a cancer disease or some, something else, yeah. uh, we can give uh, more help uh, so they don't have the suffering. So is, was it unusual for you as a freshman legislator and earlier on in your career to get that piece of legislation passed? Oftentimes our American audience will have as a reference point their state legislators or congressmen, and there are so many of them. Uh, that, in fact, it's very difficult for new legislators to get legislation passed. They have to kind of learn the way the legislature works, mm -hmm. and over time they develop political capital and then can get something passed. It seems like you had success early on in your political career in the parliament. Yeah, the first one uh, was in 2008. I, was, uh, I came into the parliament in uh, 2007, so mm -hmm. it was very quickly. Yeah, is uh, that unusual? Or but is that it takes difficult? time. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen yeah. what the other... It does, but mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of things I have got through, so I think not as easy. It's hard work. And also because I'm not an academic, I, um, I, I have to work as double as uh, some of the other to read about things and um, get the people who knows about this disease and health problems, so I can't sit through my tissue and, and make it myself. Sure. So you, well, you actually, well, you just mentioned that you do have other jobs, right? You mm. currently still own a business 
and you're the deputy mayor of a city a few kilometers outside of Copenhagen, correct? Yeah, I, I only have the political work now. Okay. Uh, I don't have the my uh, firm anymore. Uh, but I'm sitting in the, um, the city council. Mm-hmm. I have been there 16 years. And I also now run for election to, to November uh, for, for a period. Is it, is it, or do you know of other examples in Denmark where individuals are hold multiple elected offices simultaneously? Yeah, we have uh, some in my party because some parties don't allow it. Huh. Uh, but in my party, we do. Uh, so there are different rules for different parties yes. as opposed for different states or federal laws. It's the party who is uh, who choosing that. And so you're in quite a unique... I've never met anyone like you before, and probably many of our audience haven't ever heard of someone who holds both an executive and a legislative office simultaneously. Mm. You'll see so many congressmen, some congressmen become governors. Uh, a lot of US, United States presidents have formerly mm. been in the U.S. Senate. So they've been legislators and an executive branch, but never simultaneously. What is that like, you know, to have to work with the prime minister in your role as a member of parliament, but mm. this other hand... Working in the mayor's office, yeah. but I think it's uh, I think it's very good because in my um, uh, city I'm sitting uh, with health mm-hmm. and elderly um, politic, uh-huh. so I can I can uh, take some from the parliament to the city and the other way also. Mm-hmm. When you're making a law with the minister, I can say, oh, we cannot make this because in our community. Uh, you can see the doctors will not respond per on it or something. Then we can make uh, some um, other things so so we get it in the law. So on the so, so you have um, knowledge about how it is in the, the cities. Right. So okay. So it sounds like by working in Grave, you come up with ideas for new legislation in mm-hmm. Copenhagen for the federal legislature. Yeah. And we see um, now more and more we get a patient out of the hospital and they get the treatment in the house and then it's the community who have to take care of them. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's very good that I'm uh, in, both you have a foot in both yeah. places. Now you mentioned that you, you actually have been a healthcare provider in the past in addition to your political roles. Mm-hmm. Are there any stories you would mind sharing with our listeners about that, that really inspired you to run for office, yeah. stories where you were ashamed, you said something ought to be done, that this isn't yeah. right. Mm. I was on a home for elderly people, and mm-hmm. the, the leader came and said, okay, we have spent too many, many money last year, so we have to uh, reduce mm-hmm. or, um, uh, how many people who was working here. Mm-hmm. So when someone is sick or um, uh, we not need some more help, we have to have one of the elderly person to be in the bed mm-hmm. and not coming out. In the Wait, daytime. to just remain in the bed all day long? Yeah. It's, but would uh, they get decubitus ulcers? Yeah, but the leader said, you have to do that. You have <laughs> to make a list uh, about the um, person, so not the same is going to lie in the bed every day. And I say, no, I will not do that, because if someone should have... Um, a bad treatment, yeah. you have to choose that you are the leader. Uh-huh. You get angry at me. And um, yeah, there was uh, two um, healthcare people, uh, they did it, let uh, Anna be in her bed, mm-hmm. and her husband come, came and say, oh, what happens? Why is she not up? Yeah, because our leader said it. And was a, a big um, 
issue in the city, it would come in the media, and uh, the leader say, oh, it's a shame that the two people has uh, done that. Mm -hmm. And the mayor was coming and say, it's not happening in my city, you have to get them fired. Oh, so but, they tried but, to but pass they, the blame they, onto the yeah. people who followed their And then order. I get angry. <laughs> and I think if I have to choose that, because we was to meeting with our leader and she said, uh, you are not loyal to me because you are going to the media and said that blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I have told you to do that. Did they fire you? No, they didn't. But they got a, a warning. Warning. Okay. But I think, no, no one shall lie in the bed the whole day. Yeah. And no one shall uh, say to the people who's working there that what they're going to do. So this tertiary care facility was trying to work within a constrained operating budget mm. and decided that in order to manage their budget, they'd have fewer caretakers <laughs> and therefore they would reduce the number of patients who would be allowed to get up yeah. out of their bed with yeah. assistance. Yeah. And therefore you had a lower quality of care and quality of life for those yes. patients. And because you didn't think that was morally correct, no. you were punished for not following orders. Yeah, and now I'm uh, I'm the chairman for the committee in Kleve, so it's not happening in Kleve. <laughs> Have there what has, has there been any sort of leg legislation or regulations that you've helped? promulgate or pass that uh, have addressed this and have prevented that budget cuts shouldn't be able to decrease? I mean, Oh, you can talk about it because the um, different communities can do what they want, but if they make uh, the, the uh, elderly people be in the bed, mm -hmm. I'm uh, sure it's uh, coming up in the media and, and the, the, the politician get out. So using the example of that fake patient, Anna, um, who lives in Grave and who is in uh, a tertiary care facility. Is she someone who has private health insurance that she pays for herself, or is most everybody covered by one public yeah. Danish health insurance? Everyone is covered. We don't have... Uh we don't use private insurance. So federal at all? No one? Someone do it, but it's not necessary because we pay taxes. We have right. a high tax. We pay uh, 50% of right. our salary uh, in taxes. So federal tax dollars mm. are paying for Anna's health insurance coverage, which is paying for the, it was your salary, it was the facility costs. And yet the local jurisdiction makes decisions on how those dollars are spent, not the federal government? Yeah, you, you pay your taxes to your, the community. So you pay local you, property taxes? You, you tax. have no insurance. You pay to your, the community. Uh -huh. And they have to give the real treatment or uh, help uh, what elderly people have to have. So if, if I live in Grave, mm -hmm. am I paying... If I, am I paying property and personal income taxes to Copenhagen's federal government, or am I paying it all to Grave? You pay uh, something to the state mm -hmm. and something to Grave. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and if you when can, you say the state, you mean Denmark. You don't yeah. mean an individual like no. Jutland or something. No, no, it's the, it's the state. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then your community. Okay. Uh, and uh, if you get sick, you can go to the hospital. You have don't have to pay and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you're coming home to the your communities, mm -hmm. then they have to rehabilitate you or give you help if you handicapped and need some help to go to a toilet or mm -hmm. uh, cleaning your house, then uh, you get 
home care service. So uh, you, I want to transition to the topic of your personal career. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you had had many different jobs. Mm-hmm. You participated in the economy, um, in the service sector, uh, as an entrepreneur with your own business, mm-hmm. um, and then also as a healthcare provider. And then you transitioned into being what you're now a full-time elected official. Mm. So how is it that you decided after all those different career paths that the next chapter was going to be elected office? Because you mentioned that you were frustrated at one point, but I imagine many Danes are frustrated by different things and never find themselves in elected (laughs) office. Could you speak about how you originally got involved in the Danish People's Party, what that party stands for, and how that led to elected office? Yeah, uh, when I was got interested in uh, politics, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, what party shall I join? Mm-hmm. Because I knew that I should join one party. So before that so time, I, I, I people had didn't to, join parties? No, then I uh, have to look at them all and I think in Denmark we have the social democrat mm-hmm. think oh it's good uh, the, the, the politic on elderly people and mm-hmm. so was good mm-hmm. but they don't have good politic for um, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or uh, something like that right. and uh, if I look at the other side mm-hmm. the liberal they have no good social politic but really good uh, politic to entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. companies and so and uh, so I looked on Danish People's Party and think, okay, they have a good um, politic to to the social mm-hmm. and to the uh, entrepreneurs and companies. Uh, More of like a moderate party. And then they had this issue with immigrants. Uh-huh. And uh, I think, hmm, I'm not uh, a racist. I'm not, I was a little bit uh, afraid to be calling that because, mm-hmm. yeah, the media was very hard to Danish People's Party. Mm-hmm. But uh, then I uh, thought about that uh, I have to pers- personalize my politics mm-hmm. because it was the party I could um, was the best of identify with. Yeah, so I got to the Danish People's Party, and uh, I've been there now for seventeen years. I came quite quick mm-hmm. in the communities, uh, uh, so and I never. Uh, heard something from immigrants. Uh, we have a lot of immigrants in Greve, mm-hmm. and when we have election, they say, "Oh, this lot, we vote on you." So, it, I managed to to tell uh, the story from my side and not what they read in the media. So, you mentioned this immigrant situation uh, is has an, an enormous impact on every member of the European Union. You'll even go to City Hall in Copenhagen and see that there are exhibitions about what it is to be a Dane if you're an immigrant uh, and the identity. It's something that comes up in public conversation around the nation. And you also mentioned that you have a 50% income tax and that uh, you have universal health insurance coverage. So you have lots of immigrants coming here. You have high taxes that everyone is paying for. And I'm not sure if it's everyone else. So my question to you is, are these immigrants paying taxes? Are they paying their fair share? And in terms of the, the services they're receiving, and is the healthcare system overburdened by the influx yeah. of new immigrants? Um, I will not say all immigrants. Some immigrants is coming and working here and have done it for many years and pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. And 
are really good Danish citizens. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, some uh, people who is coming because we have a good social welfare mm-hmm. and will not work because we have uh, ha- we had in many years. So if you couldn't work, then you get paid from the communities. Right. So you could sit at home and do nothing. So there's a, you're, I think uh, you're referring to an unemployment benefit of uh, yeah. $1,200 a month or something. Yeah, or you get a pension because uh, many um, uh, refugees, uh, immigrants come and say, oh, we have PTSD and they cannot work, mm-hmm. and then you get uh, a pension. So we can see the, the, the pension you can get from a younger age. Mm-hmm. Today, eight, over 80% is immigrants, hmm. and uh, most of them are Woman. Hmm. So it's a problem. So I guess what are your con- but they're voting for you. What is no, what is not your everyone. Pr- <laughs> well, you said that you have a, no, you have an immigrant in, in base. My, yeah, in in uh, in in Greve. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what what is the DPP's position or what is your position on how Denmark should position itself with immigration policy? What should especially as a member of the European mm. Union where you have limited abilities to control your own borders except through Brussels. We will control our own borders. We are not the most EU-friendly party. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we will not out of... We will not have a then exit. Brexit. But we uh, want the old time back where we have um, shared uh, how we uh, make business and so. We don't like that EU have to decide what we're doing in Denmark. Mm-hmm. And we don't like they uh, decide if we shall have borders or not. Mm-hmm. Because we can see the Schengen doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Schengen is the borders uh, around Europe mm-hmm. who should uh, give immigrants uh, they couldn't come in. Mm-hmm. But then uh, we should have open borders because we had this Schengen borders. So but are you familiar... So you were speaking about the European Union, and of course, every member state has representation in the European Parliament in Strasbourg, um, and uh, has connections with Brussels and and all over Europe. So I I wonder, have you are your do you believe that your views uh, are being represented by the Danish representative to the European Union? Yeah, I think so. We have um, a member, and he got. Um, a lot of votes uh, mm-hmm. last election to the uh, European Parliament. And was he directly elected by the population? Directly elected, yes. And we got the largest, uh, got the largest party uh, in Denmark mm-hmm. who was um, coming to the EU Parliament. We have uh, four members. Mm-hmm. Four members in the EU Parliament. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and they do and they reflect your views. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. We now, have a, a connection with them and have also meeting here in a group in the parliament. Okay. Yeah. So there is a lot of tension, I guess, within the European Union delegations mm. about to what extent there should be a greater consolidation of power in a supranational organ- organization, <laughs> which it seems like you uh, you would not like, yeah. versus re- no. respecting the sovereignty of the member states. No. We will decide here in Denmark. We are EU skeptical party, mm-hmm. and uh, we want to decide all laws. It <laughs> shall not come from EU. Right now, there are um, other individuals, uh, poten- potentially um, female 
uh, immigrants, as you mentioned, compose 80% of pensioners in Denmark who are in the parliament um, and who represent an opposition, uh, I guess, of, uh, approach to immigration policy. I read that you have uh, struck up a friendship with Oslem Celik, <laughs> who is a fellow yeah. parliamentarian, yeah. a female immigrant, mm-hmm. uh, seems of Turkish origin, mm-hmm. um, who has a different approach uh, than you to uh, participation in the European Union and immigration, um, and yet you've managed to uh, uh, re- strike up a personal friendship even though you differ on political policy. In the United States, uh, there seems to be in our United States Congress a diminishment of personal relationships with those with whom you disagree. Mm. Can you speak for a moment about what politics is like between different members of parliament who disagree in the Danish parliament and how you're able to get work done even with people with whom you disagree? Mm. I think it's very important. I do politics with the people who like the same politics as I. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not everything uh, what Danish people stand for. Mm-hmm. I'm a health politician, so I take care about, uh, health, um, example, um, people with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And that's how I learned Islam. Uh, knew she was the same. Right. And uh, even she's ground. Muslim and immigrant, and I'm uh, uh, Danish, and um, <laughs> I'm blonde, she's black. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are so uh, different. We saw that we have a lot of lot in common. We are raised in in family who is not wealthy or uh, um, much educated Mm -hmm. or like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have all um, uh, things here in the parliament where it's a little bit more difficult for us. Mm -hmm. So we got a friendship and we are still friends. Even now, she is uh, not in politics, but she is, um, yeah, just this day, she's very new because she go out and uh, talk with people mm-hmm. who hate her. Hmm. So, but it's very necessary. So when we want something on this uh, area um, for people with mental illness, mm-hmm. we stood together and fight it against the minister. And we got a lot of things true. So... That's uh, we are approaching the end of this podcast, and I, I love how you just basically said that even though you might differ with somebody on particular issues, there's still the possibility of finding a lot of common ground on mm. other issues. Um, but as we approach the end of this podcast, I'd like to ask you uh, a final uh, two-part question, Liz, a lot, which is I'd like to ask you to reflect, to speak to the people of Grev and speak to them about why it is you've chosen to spend the, the latter portion of your life to date uh, and trying to work to advance the public interest, um, trying to make health care better for them, and what you hope at the end of the day will be your legacy, will be the effect of your work in Parliament on their behalf. Oh dear. <laughs> no, I cannot do it short, but um, I hope that uh, because of me that uh, people who have um, disease Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, not be heard in the health system or in the communities, that they get help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I visit today people who have um, had a lot of pain but couldn't get treatment in the hospital, but a doctor could help them with a, a, a method, uh, but they can't get help in the public uh, mm-hmm. hospital. Mm-hmm. So I think 
I hope when I'm finished here, they say, oh, that's because of Lithloth that we can get this help and that it's not so um, um, expensive because this treatment I saw today is very expensive for, for people themselves. But uh, they can get it in the public hospital. So like that, I hope a lot of treatment we can use in Denmark, medical cannabis, this treatment today, uh, other treatment that everyone, whoever, where they live, what their religion are, or income, or yeah, where they live, they can get the help in the healthcare system. And that has been Lislot Blixt, a Danish member of parliament from the suburbs of Copenhagen, currently also a, the chairwoman of the Health and Elderly Committee and a deputy mayor of her hometown in Grave, Denmark, um, who speaks about uh, her impact in the legislature uh, and her work in reducing pain and increasing access to care and treatment that works across income strata, across geography, uh, providing ensuring that there's adequate access of care to rural populations, to all sorts of populations. And she stresses the importance of uh, Denmark's sovereignty and the need for the Danes to control um, their own uh, future and their own policies and their own, and, and their own borders. Uh, she expresses her interest in advancing the public interest as one in which she uses her personal uh, experiences and also her continued connections on various capacities to her uh, constituency in order to uh, bring issues to bear in the, in the national legislature um, that she hopes will advance the public interest for the people of Grave and all of Denmark. So, uh, Liz Lott, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Yourself. This has been another episode of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. I'll remind you to subscribe on publicinterestpodcast.com and on iTunes, leave a review of this podcast on iTunes, and listen on Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, Blueberry, Player FM, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Should you wish to comment on this episode, you're welcome to leave a voicemail at 240-630-0380. And the first three minutes of that voicemail may be played in future episodes of Public Interest Podcast. Should you wish to support the podcast, you're welcome to leave a contribution in an amount that you feel comfortable with at publicinterestpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.